This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Labs, are you a fan of the movie Friday Night Lights or the TV show Friday Night Lights? If only one could remain in existence in your world, which one would you choose? I was a, I'm a big, I'm still a big fan of the TV show. It's streaming somewhere, and every now and then, you still dip in on it. Really, uh, every now and then, yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of those characters are just, in my mind, iconic. You know, Eric Taylor, Tammy Taylor, um, Tim Riggins. Uh, you know, um, I wish I could Lila help you Garrity. out a lot as well Lila, on the TV show. Lila Garrity. Ask, ask Derek Jeter about Lila Garrity. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and uh, Buddy Garrity, the, the, the car salesman uh, who was uh, the, the big uh, booster for the um, – I remember that character, not, yes. Not, no, I can't think of the, the school's Permian name. Panthers. No, no, in the TV show. Oh, okay. See, sorry. See, I'm I'm referencing the movie. I'm a Billy Bob Thornton right. guy. He's my head coach, not Eric Taylor. It's it's a little confusing when you have two of the same story with a movie versus a TV show. Yeah, and I I remember that TV show. I watched every episode oh, yeah? in order too. I mean, it was there. There are a few TV shows series um, that I have watched that way. I mean. You know, now here we're we're getting off the subject a little bit here with television, but <laughs> NYPD Blue I watched every episode like that. Uh, the Shield I watched every episode like that. Um, Friday Night Lights I watched every episode like that. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I really liked the I really liked the TV show, and as you can tell just by my references, I remember a lot more about the TV show than the movie. Now the movie. Also was based on the book by H.G. Bissinger, um, and I read the book. Um, but again, I don't remember details uh, of the book or the movie like I do the TV show. Well, the reason I bring this up, I'm not a crazy person. Well, maybe I am a little bit. <laughs> there is an actual reason. The Steelers have their own version of Friday Night Lights tonight at Latrobe Memorial High School and Labs. I think this is probably the biggest night on the pre on the training camp schedule, at least in my eyes. It's such a, a fun event. I know that practices at campus are open to the public pretty much every day. So there's not like, oh, this is the first time you can go and see your Steelers of 2023 live and in person. But there's just such a different feel in that high school stadium. And, you know, it's a nighttime practice. The energy's up on the field. The energy's up in the stands. It's it's really a, an event you have to get up and see for yourself. Uh, yeah, and it, um, you know, it. And I was just thinking about this because when, you know, we started talking before we went up, came on the air, just you were just priming me a little bit. And we haven't done this since 2019. Mm. Because I didn't realize that. 20 and 21, there was no camp up here. And last year was rained out for the first time ever. So, I mean, and rain, it was Noah build the ark biblical rain <laughs> last year. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it's, you know, it's been, a, it's been a long time since any of this has happened. It, it's going to be interesting to me, at least, to see, you know, how it's the same, how it's different. Uh, and, you know, you talk about, how the fans get up for this, you know, this, this is a, a, a charity thing too. I mean, when it originally started and I always give Bill Cower the credit for this because I believe he deserves it. It started in 1992 and that was Bill Cower's first, um, uh, 
summer uh, as the Steelers coach. And he came up with the idea, you know, his thought process was that since during the regular season, since um, NFL games, NFL teams are asked to play games at different times over the course of a regular season, you know, at the time it was, there was uh, two, two windows on Sunday, um, Monday night, I can't remember if there was Sunday night football in 1992 or not. But anyway, the idea was that you want to practice for what you're going to face. And one of the things you face is the different time uh, uh, kickoffs. And how do, how is a team or, or how do players on a team react when they have to sit around all day before playing football? And that's pretty much what today is going to be. Uh, you know, the, they're, uh, the players are pretty much off all afternoon, and then they practice at night, which is very similar to what it would be, you know, in their hotel for a Sunday night game, Monday night game, Thursday night game. You know, you're pretty much doing nothing, uh, certainly not physical anyway, uh, leading up to kickoff. And so that was the origin of it. Now, I also, it wasn't called Friday Night Lights right away. I mean, it just wasn't. The, the, the thing that... You know, the, the romance uh, kind of materialized because of the way the team gets there. You know, from here at St. Vincent College to Latrobe Stadium in downtown Latrobe, you know, it's, it's a very short drive, but you have to transport the players there. So what they did was they got yellow school buses. You know, and it's just like high school now. You know, you're in the high school buses, um, you know, in the locker rooms, uh, the high school locker rooms, obviously, I mean, they, they're not NFL locker rooms. You have 90 NFL players and all those coaches and everything. So the players pretty much, you know, they either, they're wearing their pads or they're carrying their pads on the buses. And that's high school. I mean, that's, I mean, um, so then, then it became, and it was always on Friday up here. And so the Friday Night Lights name kind of evolved. And, you know, there were... Uh, many, many, many Friday nights where the practice at Latrobe would out, outdraw the Pirates on the same <laughs> night. Uh, and the other thing to I me that was always amazing. The Pirates like that. I'm not, no, I'm not. I'm just. I'm just saying. I'm just saying what it facts. is. Dating <laughs> facts. Here, here's another fact. Uh, as I said, it's a. It started out as a. Um, with because you have to pay to get in some nominal fee i think at the time it was two or three bucks now it might be five but the money is uh at first it was uh, given to the united way of westmoreland county now it all the proceeds go to latrobe high school sports programs so um but uh, this was uh, and i can't tell you how many years ago now because like i said we haven't done this since 2019 but was before that I started noticing, you know, Latrobe Stadium, it's a it's a high school field. So you have the one side of bleachers, the home field side, if it was a high school game, you know, it has a press box up top, and the and the the stands go up, you know, pretty high, not really high, but you know, it's a it's a decent it holds a decent number, twelve thousand plus easily. And then on the other side, the visitor side, there's you know, short bleachers for the visiting team. Okay, so on that side of the field I noticed many, many years ago, there were a row of metal folding chairs set up on the grass, okay, but off the sideline a little bit. I'm like, 
I'm thinking, what is these? And what they are, they're club seats. Okay. <laughs> and, and people, um, you know, bought club seats. They were at the time, a hundred dollars a piece. And it wasn't something like you could walk up that day and buy them. I mean, these were sold well in advance, um, the club seats. And, um, yeah, it's, they're serious. This, this is a very serious thing uh, tonight for the fans. And, um, and again, I don't, I don't know what, how it's going to end tonight, but it used to end with Zambelli fireworks too, which, you know, you want to oh, talk about pirate, get any better than pirate, that. pirate game references. There you go. There's another one. It's the only time um, they ever sell out their stadium is with the help of Mr. Zambelli and his fireworks. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a big event out here. Uh, the, the traffic is unbelievable. People will start getting there really early. Um, WD, Sean McDowell, WDVE, Sean McDowell used to broadcast from there, whatever his time slot was. Wasn't he three to six or three to... Yeah, I believe uh, Chad Tyson will be down there today, taking there over you those go. reins, okay. you know? The tradition okay. continues. Right, so it's... Um, and And... From what I understand, talking to Sean, it's not like he was doing it by himself. I mean, there were fans there. Yeah. There are people there already. So uh, you'll, the um, the DVE um, blow-up inflatable, that'll be there. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it's an event. Uh, I, just, I just hope the weather cooperates again. Yeah. I'm a little gun-shy from last year because, seriously, I've never, I've never been involved in rain like that before. Um, and it rained so hard, the buses never left a campus. Um, and what happened was they, <laughs> they came on the buses and said, okay, this is canceled because the, apparently the grass, I mean, you, you, you can't. Um, well, first of all, the lightning and all that stuff, there was that. But the rain was so hard for so long that I can't imagine that the, that the grass would have been able to withstand that at all. And so um, we were told that, uh, okay, get off the buses. This is canceled. And walking from the, um, the locker room, you know, with what we have to do when those of us living in Benedict uh, from the locker rooms at uh, Cary is it's that the walk is very similar to what the players do uh, when there's practice on campus. You know, you walk down those steps, and then there's that pathway, and then instead of bearing to the left, you kind of go straight and walk that long way, and then you kind of bend up around um, the actual practice field now. And there was ankle-deep water on that pathway <laughs> from the water running off those hills. And that's, that's how fast, how hard it rained, how fast it came down, and how sustained it was. Um, yeah, it, like I said, it was Noah build the ark, biblical kind of rain. <laughs> Looking for two of every uh, animal. Yes, yes, two of <laughs> two of every animal exactly. And uh, up here, you know, two of every animal. <laughs> um, a lot of times, there's those uh, little uh, kitties with the white stripes down their backs that um, <laughs> have that very unique smell. So there's that too. Yesterday, Coach Tomlin uh, took the pads off, gave them a bit of a reprieve from padded practices. It's safe for me to assume that that will not be the case tonight up at Friday Night Lights, right? 
Yeah, I would be shocked. I mean, and usually um, Mike, or excuse me, Bill Cower always ended um, Friday night practice with goal line, which is um, a kind of like the uh, prehistoric version of seven shots <laughs> because uh, goal line was live. It was the only live drill in, in a Bill Cower camp. By that, mean, uh, by, by that I mean tackling to the ground. And um, there was, I think it was, it would run three plays only. Three plays, number ones against ones, three plays, twos against twos. And I think that was pretty much it. Uh, and there was no interest in finesse. <laughs> I mean, this is where, you know, um, goal line was where Jerome Bettis versus Earl Holmes, um, Bam Morris versus LaVon Kirkland. I mean, there was there were some seismic collisions that would take place uh, during goal line, and uh, that was that was intense. Um, so, but yeah, tonight I expect backs on backers. There will be seven shots because there's seven shots every day. There will be a, uh, I'm sure there will be the um, live tackling run drill. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I can't imagine that they're not being pads, and that's another reason they weren't in pads yesterday. Kind of get their bodies ready for today, tonight. Excuse me. Well, enough ramping up for tonight. We've got practice from yesterday that we have to recap. And an eventful one it was, despite the pads not coming out. Let's take a listen to what Coach Tomlin had to say to the media following the conclusion of practice. Man, really good day. Highly productive day. Um, opportunity to focus on some things that maybe not uh, pad-related. Uh, we were non-padded today, so obviously two-minute was a focus. And uh, some coverage-related things, linebackers working together in combination versus backs and tight ends. Just a component of the process, man. We got so many boxes to check. Um, every day is a great opportunity, particularly at this early stage of development. And uh, we see young guys learning and, and, and growing, and, and I'm appreciative of that. Uh, no new injury news, which is a good thing. Uh, appreciate the heat, man. Heat is a component of team development. We get to know them more. Uh, they get to know themselves more when, when fatigue sets in in terms of quality of execution and detail and communication and things of that nature. And so. Uh, we welcome uh, the muggy conditions. I'll pause and open it up for questions. Mike, you mentioned young guys growing. Where have you seen Joey grow, and has he been a pretty quick learner throughout camp? Um, he is a quick learner. Um, you know, he's very much in the growth process in terms of the nuances um, of the professional game. Um, the cornerback position in particular um, has probably got more of an adjustment from college to pro than any other position in the game uh, because of the the differences in the rules in terms of contact beyond five yards. And so um, he's doing a really good job of being cognizant of that. He's a line of scrimmage corner. Hand play has been a significant component of his game. And so that adjustment, um, we cannot underestimate. Uh, but I appreciate his efforts in that regard, and he's being productive in the midst of it. Mike, you mentioned dance partners a lot. What makes uh, George and Joey such good dance partners? Highly competitive young people trying to get better. Anyone else? And you got a fourth quarterback to kick him many reps. And you try to get him work, or you try to switch to preseason games coming up? There's nothing new about that discussion. Um, he takes great mental reps. Uh, he got some work, uh, I think, last Sunday. Uh, for example, we'll carve out days um, where we'll give him an opportunity to show what he's capable of. Um, there have been many in his position over the years uh, that have broken through and, and earned a place for themselves in this thing. Josh Dobbs is a 
classic example of that. Josh Dobbs has been in this camp on several occasions and been the fourth arm and, and found a way to persevere. And so he has that understanding. I like his attention to detail. We'll see what he does with his opportunities when he gets them. Uh, obviously, they're going to be scarce, but, you know, that's the case for a lot of these guys. You don't get many opportunities to stay the case for yourself. And that's why there's urgency in this team developmental process. We know that Darnell is a big, strong guy. How have his hands and route running improved from the spring to now? Um, I didn't see any deficiency in that area of his game, to be honest with you. He made a one-hand catch at his pro day that kind of got my and everyone's attention, and it's kind of been a continuation of that. I think sometimes because of his stature and reputation that you think he's one-dimensional, um, but you'd be wrong in thinking that. His catch in the two-minute throw at the end, it looked like it was signaled short, but you signaled touchdown. What did you They're not going to stop that big guy from falling in that end zone. Um, some people make suggestions. Some people make decisions. I decided he scored. Mike, I know a few years ago you told uh, Hargrave he needs to be Netflix instead of Blockbuster as a nose tackle, but how much does somebody like the Hoko embrace that traditional A-gap, two-gap mentality at that position? I think that's the beauty of our game. Um, there, there's a lot in our game. There's a space for everyone in our game. That's why I advocated for young people. Um, man, fast kids, skinny kids, big kids, short kids. Man, there's a place in football for everyone. Um, and I'll just take this opportunity to, to sell that component. Uh, that's what I love about football. Coach Tomlin following yesterday's padless practice on the campus of St. Vincent College. Um, labs, two-minute drill. Very excited to get into that with you, really the first one of this camp period. We'll do that on the other side. But before we hit a break here, didn't hear much injury news from Tomlin during that presser. I know some veterans had limited or, you know, a day off completely just as a maintenance precaution. But once again, I, I keep knocking on wood in the studio. These in, This injury luck continues to roll on in 2023 training camp. Yeah, and I think you should better stop talking about it too, because isn't that? Uh, <laughs> you, I, I've said this bear. before. You can't say Beetlejuice's name three straight times without Beetlejuice. I think I've only said it twice, that. so I think we're good right now. <laughs> okay, let me just throw this in real quick before we go to break, because it was something I thought of. Yeah. Another unique thing about Friday Night Lights. There's an autograph session. Okay, when the when the when the team shows up, because they'll leave here at six thirty, and it doesn't take you know, 10 minutes maybe to get over there, then another five minutes to get everybody off the buses and inside. Okay, from that time until 7 o'clock, it's autograph session, and everybody takes part. Now, you know, there's a, you know, a track lining. it's It's a high school field. You know, again, I keep bringing that up. It's a high school field, so you have a track, you know, around it, and then there's a fence up just beyond that track all the way around the field. And there are fans sometimes six, eight, nine deep all around the whole thing, and they bring all the stuff that they want autographed, and all of the players are given Sharpies, you know, as they as they come in, and they pick a space, you know, and if uh, there's a lot of um, lobbying by fans, you know, who they want to come to their area, of course, but everybody goes somewhere, and they sign, and then the horn blows at 7 o'clock and practice starts. That, too, that's a little bit unique from the uh, normal kind of activities up here at training camp. Well, the two-minute drill was certainly the focus of practice yesterday. We'll get into the results of that next. You're listening to the Training Camp Report on Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Offerman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. 
The two-minute drill made its appearance yesterday during Steelers' padless practice, but there was still quite the drama to be had from the drill. Labs, I can't stress how important this drill is. I mean, Kenny Pickett knows that himself. The Steelers won quite a few games over their history and just last year by utilizing an effective two-minute drill. So uh, despite there not being any pads and despite it being super early, always good to start to get the feet wet when it comes to these scenarios. Yeah, and Mike Tomlin uh, arranges this, um, you know, thoughtfully. It, it's, uh, you know, the NFL officials were still here yesterday, and that always helps, you know, when they're around because you need some um, arbiters, so to speak, uh, for different things. And it's it's also a very specific uh, situation. Like yesterday's situation was, okay, the offense gets the ball it's at its own 35-yard line. There was one minute and 19 seconds le left on the clock, one timeout, and you need a touchdown to win. Now, other times they may just do it and you need a field goal to tie. You know, sometimes they'll do it like that because then you want to try and uh, also uh, – create the urgency for special teams too because you know there have been times in the past where for example you the the offense might have used their last time out and so they get the ball in the field goal range and then you got to run the field goal team out onto the field and get the kickoff before the clock runs out you know creating more real game like situations but you know yesterday's was a little bit different only because it was a padless practice but um it did not lack for drama, let me tell you that. No, it certainly didn't. And looking at some guys that really made an impact when it comes to this drill, I, I think, you know, Kenny Pickett obviously right off the bat has a lot of attention paid towards him. But Joey Porter Jr. really has been turning a lot of heads early on in this camp session, and he shined during that session yesterday. Yeah, and, you know, and again um, – he was victimized by that unbelievable catch by George Pickens. But, you know, I've, I've said this uh, on other shows and I may have even said it here yesterday. He continues to come back, though. He, he does not have that uh, fault that I would uh, term it as a fault that some young defensive backs have where if you get beat or if you make a bad play, you let it linger in your head. And that lead, leads to other bad plays. But Joey Porter Jr., I mean, he's got the, um, you know, that two-second um, memory, which is, is perfect for his position. And, um, you know, he ended the first, you know, there's two ways for the defense to, to win the drill. Obviously, the way the offense wins the drill is completing their task and scoring a touchdown in this particular instance uh, before the clock runs out. The defense can win the drill in one of two ways. You either turn the ball over on downs, because obviously there's no punting, and um, or you, you take it away. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, the the offense, they were never really, in, in the first sequence, I don't believe they ever crossed the 50-yard line. But, um, you know, Pickett tried to go... Uh, get the ball to Cody White along the right sideline. And Joey Porter was in, in coverage. Um, he was off him a little bit, uh, and he came up fast and dove in front of Cody White and, you know, made the interception. And, you know, that's it, ball game. Uh, defense wins that repetition. And, again, that's uh, Porter's second interception in the 
previous few days. Um, you know, he continues to make plays. Mike Tomlin continues to uh, test him and match him up with Pickens a lot, which is, you know, um, probably the toughest assignment. Well, Deontay Johnson's no day at the beach either if you have to <laughs> cover right. him. Uh, but they're, they're, dif- they're, they're difficult for different reasons. You know, Deontay Johnson is more uh, shifty, route runner type. Um, you know, Pickens is just big play beast. Um, you know, you're never you're never really covering him until you know the ball hits the ground because he can do unbelievable things with it in the air. Uh, you know, as as at the point of attack, so to speak. So yeah, uh, Joey Porter is is doing a lot of good things, and um, you know, I think that. If he continues this development and shows that he can, and I don't know if he's going to start or not, you know, I, I don't want to get into that. Yeah, but if he shows that, that, right? But if he shows that he can play outside corner for the Steelers in NFL regular season games, that really f- frees up Patrick Peterson to do a lot of other stuff. You know, who knows? You know what they have, what the Steelers might have in their bag of tricks for Patrick Peterson in terms of where they line him up, you know, how they utilize him. Can they, will they play him in the slot? Uh, might they use him as a rover? You know, he could be uh, extremely, extremely valuable in my opinion, if he's allowed to face the quarterback, you know, in, in coverage, as opposed to, you know, turning and running with receivers like a typical cornerback has to do. You know, you might have two guys then Patrick Peterson and Minka Fitzpatrick, facing the corner quarterback and you know just trying to read the quarterback read the routes and go where uh, they think they're needed uh, you know and that could make that Steelers secondary especially very dangerous especially when you combine it with with the kind of pass rush you think you're going to get from T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, Cam Hayward, Larry Ogunjobi and you know some of those other people because you know in, the, in that situation it's not going to be like it was yesterday uh, for Kenny Pickett, where you knew you weren't going to get hit, so there's there's that too. So it uh, the this defense, Joey Porter um, is uh, the first pick of the second round. He's only a rookie, you know. All of those um, disclaimers you want to lay out there, and I get it all. But I mean, if this guy continues to progress the way he has, uh, I think it's really going to open up a bag of tricks for the Steelers defense that could really make life miserable for their opponents. Well, the defense got the better of the offense in the first two-minute drill. Mitch Trubisky comes on for the second one. Showed some clutch gene, two labs converting on some third and decent lengths uh, a couple of times to keep the drive alive for the offense. And then he found a rookie on the offensive side of the ball, Darnell Washington, a couple times over the middle of the field, which I'm sure every Steeler fan loves to hear that. And like Tomlin mentioned in the uh, press conference that we played after practice, it was a little bit of a debate whether or not Darnell got into the end zone on the final play of the two-minute drill, but Coach Tomlin, you know, being the voice of God that he is, said, yeah, that's a touchdown. Well, again, as I said, it was a padless practice. So, you know, usually the general rules of padless practices are you touch the guy and he's down. Uh, and that's what happened. But <laughs> the point was, <laughs> you know, he's six, six, seven, two seventy. If you think you're going to touch him at the one-yard line and he's not going to just run you over, um, you know, I think that's kind of delusional. Um, you know, in, in the quote, the, the, the Mike Tomlin quote, um, to me, this it's, it's right up there with never say never but never. 
the one that he used um, about that um, his the rumor about him taking a college job. Uh, this one, some people make suggestions, some people make decisions. I decided he scored. Um, you know that goes into the Mike Tomlin Hall of Fame, in my opinion. But yeah, I don't. I didn't think that there was any way that in real in real football that Darnell Washington is kept out of the, the end zone because the guys who touched him were coming from the side. You know, I mean, that's just, you know, you think he's not going to, even if you hit him, he's not going to fall into the end zone. I mean, he was down to the one-yard line easily, 6-7. I mean, you could just do the arithmetic, you know, and he's um, he's he, he, he gains the necessary yardage to get the ball across the plane. So, uh, yeah, it was... Um, a fairly dynamic period for for rookies in general. There was the Joey Porter Jr. interception, the Darnell Washington plays, and then also leading up to the Darnell Washington plays into the end zone, Keanu Benton batted a uh, pass at the uh, at the line of scrimmage. Uh, now that may not seem like as to belong in the same category as those other two, but you know when you're playing. Um, in that situation, every down, every snap is critical to the defense. If you can get a stop, you know, and that's an incomplete pass. And, you know, it, it changes, you know, from um, – let me see here the exact play-by-play. Play. But, I th- you know, it, it made like second and second down to third down. And a lot of times that, that can be a critical, a critical swing – uh, in the action for the defense, so yeah, that was a nice play by him too because he wasn't he wasn't getting uh, into the backfield on that play, and they teach uh, you know defensive linemen this all the time. If your pass rush is stopped or slowed, and you see that the you know ball's coming out, try and get yourself in a position where you can impact the trajectory of the ball, and that's what he did and made a play. Well, the defense has certainly been getting the results throughout camp so far, but I would argue that George Pickens might just be the star of training camp overall so far for the Steelers. He caught up with the media recently. Let's take a listen to what the young wide receiver had to say. George, what kind of reaction have you been getting after that viral play? Uh, to be honest, I ain't even, uh, even turned my phone on yesterday. I seen it uh, this morning when I got on my phone. and uh, Same old, same old, kind of like last year. Kind of walk us through what happened there. Uh, I was just getting a release on the ball, and I uh, it was kind of a late, a late, late. You know, me for me for the jump late like that, but uh, I kind of reacted late and made another crazy catch. George Joey said that he had perfect form on that one. You looking back, you think that that's just an un, kind of an unstoppable catch? Oh uh, yeah, that was great coverage. I mean, that was uh, outstanding coverage. That was good technique. You know, it's just. It's just like Michael Jordan and AI. Sometimes you got good D, better offense. Well, <laughs> speaking of that, how much better can you make Joey and Joey make you? Uh, it could be amazing because the more th- more times we come out here and games following up in the following weeks, it's going to be really good for, to see how he does against other guys. What have you seen from him so far, George? Uh, really just a guy that likes to compete. A lot of guys that uh, come in and shy away from it, you know what I mean? Uh, especially if they throw you in the fire. And you're trying to learn plays when you're trying to compete at the same time. But he's for sure got that competitive. So. How much are you enjoying competing against each other? We see you guys, the two of you out there a lot, going yeah. back and forth. For me personally, I enjoy it a lot. But it's like uh, it's like my second year, so I'm kind of 
in my own head in terms of like me getting better. That's really like what I've been working on this year. Do you think Joey's covering. having as much fun? It looks like he, you're getting kind of in his head and under his skin a little bit on some of those plays. Oh no, nah, we just be uh, we just be competing, just having fun. Uh, like I was saying, he's a guy that likes to compete, so I'm pretty sure he's, it's not getting to him too bad. You seem to be all these guys that you know in your coverage you can still make plays. Yeah. Uh, do you encourage quarterbacks to throw it despite what the coverage may look like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I encourage that a lot. That's like one of the biggest things I was saying last year that kind of frustrated me a lot because I'm new coming in, so I can't, you know what I mean? I, I can only show you, but yeah, like when I'm open, when I'm not open, I'm always open. Where, where would you rank yesterday's catch? I know it's only a you know, training camp catch, but where would you put it on your own personal list? Uh, I'll probably say six five. Probably number six. Probably number five. I can't even imagine what the first five would look like. Yeah, you should look at my phone. <laughs> George, how would you compare the intensity level this early in camp to maybe a camp you experienced in college under Coach Smart? What's the differences between a Coach Smart camp and a Coach T camp? Um, a Coach T camp is more professionalism for sure, uh, and the 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 level of difficulty, I'll probably have to say UGA. Uh, just strictly off of uh. We're in pads every day. We're not in a, you know, we don't get any days off. Uh, you know, we're in a hotel. You know, it's a, it's a little different. It's hotter. It's in the south. So yeah, I'll probably say those practices were way harder. How did how did practicing in an environment like that kind of shape you for this kind of environment? It made it really really easy. Like competing is nothing. Like uh, we used to, like I said, we was hitting every day. So it felt like we were having a game every day. So uh, guys would be banged up. You got to go out there and still perform. So yeah, compete at an all-time high. Seven shots. You seem to have a touchdown in the back. We were there watching that. He said you stepped on the line. Yeah. Did you think you did? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was one of the things that was kind of surprising to me. But uh, I thought I scored too. Can you speak to the offense this year being more than like just go balls for you and, and kind of the playbook opening and yeah. particularly across the middle, George? Yeah. Uh, I'll probably say that for sure across the middle. Uh, go balls is just like. It, it, it's it's kind of like that bad for me because it's so easy. If a go ball was hard for me, that you're probably saying, are you going to get more go balls? You see what I mean? But a go ball is so easy, man. It's a lot of chunk on a play, so it's almost like we might as well take it. But for me, out of this year, that I want you guys to see is me coming on drags across the middle, like you said, uh, post hit way more posts this year for sure. Uh, that's probably it. Yesterday, when coach. did those crazy catches that you have, when did those start to become routine for you? I mean, you almost sound a little bit bored by the crazy one that we saw yesterday that everybody's going crazy for. Yeah, uh, it came kind of routine when I was, I've been playing football since I was like four. So uh, it came routine when my brother hit high school. I was in middle school. I started catching with uh, the high school balls. And my hands, you know, I'm in middle. I got premature hands. So like <laughs> that kind of really helped my catching a lot. Yesterday, Coach Tomlin. Yesterday, Coach Tomlin put Darnell against TJ in backs on backers, and Darnell held held his own. How surprised were you, and how oh, pleased were you with that? Yeah, uh, pleased. I was pleased a lot. I wasn't surprised at all. <laughs> I wasn't surprised at all. Uh, that's kind of what Darnell does. Like, you got to think Darnell was at Georgia with the whole Philadelphia Eagles D line. <laughs> so yeah. George, on that go ball where they called you passing interference with pet feet, um, it looked like. The safety was unsure that once Kenny saw that he was coming, he was going to. Is that like a maturation process of uh, Kenny trying to throw the ball deep once he reads what that safety is going to do? Yeah, that's like a perfect example of a good read you watch. You see what I mean? That's what I meant by like reading stuff clear, uh, composure instead of, you know, you know, some quarterbacks around the league, they'll just throw it out of bounds and second down. But uh, like you said, you seen, you seen them kind of throw the back shoulder, kind of adjust the throw to me and I'll adjust to the ball. So, yeah. 
George, what's it been like getting to know Allen Robinson and being able to pick his brain and work with him? Oh, it's been good a lot. Uh, Allen Robinson is a guy that's very technical, so and he's working at the slot, so uh, he's really a guy that you can learn a lot from in, in terms of leverage, leverage guy. He's a leverage guy for sure. Did anyone from any other NFL team reach out to you about that video? Uh, nah, actually nah, nobody else. I know they probably seen it, but uh, nobody else really reached out to me from another team. Uh, there's a few assistants and coaches here that came from other organizations that was, oh yeah, man, yeah, that, that recruited me in the draft process, and that's about it. How's Deontay been with you? He's been super good. Uh, Deontay's been kind of the same guy. He's, kind of, he's so mellow that it's literally the same every time you see him. Steelers wide receiver George Pick speaking with the media and Labs quickly before we hit our break. You know, he talked a little bit about the dynamic between himself and Porter Jr. throughout the uh, early portions of Steelers camp so far. And I, I love, you know, the competitive nature that those two guys are showing. To steal a Tomlinism, iron sharpens iron. And Porter Jr., we just talked about him at length and how he has a legitimate shot to be a starter on the outside if he continues to show what he's shown so far at camp this year. You know, he's going to face absolute aliens on the outside when it comes to that wide receiver position. So I like that there's a little bit of an alien at camp that he can go up against every day to kind of ratchet himself up for that. Yeah, and, you know, we, we know that Mike Tomlin um, is, is a coach who believes in, you know, the, um, the gene um, advantages of, you know, uh, players. An example, you know, the Watt brothers – um, you know, the, the Edmonds brothers. Um, and so, you know, with, with Joey Porter, it's his father. Not, it's right. not a brother situation. And, you know, Steelers fans are familiar, you know, with Joey Porter Sr., how he played the game, um, his mental approach, um, you know, th those kinds of things. And, you know, so it doesn't surprise me at all that, you're not getting in Joey Porter Jr.'s head. I mean, you're just not. I'm sure that, um, you know, just uh, working with his dad, uh, being around his dad, you know, I'm sure a Joey Porter Jr. knows what trash talking is. Uh, may have heard a lot of it in his own house. So, uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all that he doesn't react necessarily uh, to things that might happen on the field or things that might be said to him on the field, maybe like some other younger, right. uh, less experienced, worldly uh, defensive backs. Well, the offense continued to see tough sledding when it came to the seven shots drill. We'll talk about that to wrap things up. And again, preview Friday Night Lights tonight. That's on the way next. You're listening to the Training Camp Report on Steelers Nation Radio. This is the Training Camp Report with Tom Opperman and Bob Labriola on Steelers Nation Radio. Labs, I'm not saying I'm ready to hit the panic button yet. I haven't even opened the drawer in my office where I keep the panic button. But you got to start seeing some things from Matt Canada's offense when it comes to this seven shots drill. This is now the fifth straight day yesterday that the defense got the better of the offense. And as far as the competition is concerned, it didn't exactly get much closer score-wise. Yeah, I mean, it was 6-1 defense yesterday. Uh, the only touchdown came on the second snap. Kenny Pickett uh, George, uh, hit George Pickens. He was wide open in the end zone for a touchdown. So silver lining and, there, I guess. You got to pick it to Pickens. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that, that to me is a small consolation for yeah. the way that this drill has been uh, trending. 
you know, uh, and again, I get it. It's a drill. It's just training camp practice. I get all of that. But, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot with respect to other things, you know, ebb and flow, give and take, how, you know, one unit or um, one, uh, you know, phase of the team. By that, I mean either, you know, unit, I'm talking about, you know, running backs or linebackers or receivers or defensive backs or unit offense versus defense. Um, you like to see bounce back, you know, bad performance uh, or a losing performance in a competition drill. And then you come back the next day, um, you know, and, and win or perform better or, you know, whatever. And I, I mean, I just, I don't see it. Uh, now I understand, you know, it's, it's not possible for me to be able to pinpoint blame. You know, this guy is doing poorly or, you know, this, or this, or this happens to be the reasons. I, I, I don't know that. Um, you know, because when a pass falls incomplete, you know, did the quarterback mess it up? Did the receiver mess it up? Did the defense make a good play? I don't know. But all I know is, that, you know, if it's incomplete, or, you know, if the quarterback throws the ball to an area in the end zone and it just hits the ground, there's nobody there. Um, you know, I, I don't know whose fault that is, but yeah. it doesn't look very good. And, you know, there seem to be, uh, there seems to be a little too much of that, uh, or at least there little too much than, than there should be. I mean, you know, Kenny Pickett's not a rookie anymore. We've seen him perform in some regular season games where, you know, against real teams, good defenses and execute. And so, you know, I don't think it's fair or accurate to say that, you know, he can't do something, uh, or, uh, you know, is incapable. Um, you know, we've seen receivers not secure catches. Um, maybe there was a, uh, in reference to the play that uh, George Pickens was asked about, um, you know, did he get his feet down in bounds? Maybe it was a bad call. But, I mean, you know, that stuff's going to happen. Uh, and it, it's just, as you know, it's five in a row, like you said. And it's that that's, that's a long losing streak yes, is. Um, for – you know, one unit to have against another. And, you know, I, I just, uh, yeah, I don't like what I'm seeing. Uh, I think that it should be much more competitive in terms of, you know, success rate. Let me put it that way. You know, the score should be closer. Yep. Losing six to one. I mean, you know, and you, you lose the last one, two, three, five in a row uh, yesterday. You know, and I remember, you know, and again, here we go with, you know, dropping names from the past. Um, but when that drill started, to me, I thought it was Ben Roethlisberger. It was just unfair. I mean, they never stopped him. Oh, he was toying with him, huh? Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, you the, the people they would put out there, you know, Le'Veon, A.B., oh. Heath Miller. I mean, you can't cover all those people. And, you know, Ben would just pick it apart. Um, so, you know, I have seen this where the um, it was unfair for the offense. And, you know, it kind of almost should be. You know, you're at the two-yard line. You can't hit the quarterback. Mm. You know, so you're, you're pretty much left to um, cover people. Yep. Uh, and... And again, I know that there were, were some um, instances during this five game, five, uh, seven shots losing streak where the offense was trying to do some things, establish some things, you know, run the ball, you know, okay. And, I, and th there's purposes for that and all that stuff. I get it. 
But at some point, I just think that the offense needs to be efficient enough to win one of these drills. Well, and at least, go ahead. Well, as the thing that you kind of alluded to it that makes you pull your hair out the most is, that, you know, this is a great defense that they're going up against, but it's not necessarily the defense that is just making great plays every single time. It's self-inflicted wounds from the offense, players not being where they should be, some bobbled passes. That That's, I think, what gets you the most frustrated. Yeah, and it's not, um, you know, the first-team defense out there for all seven um, seven reps either. Uh, and I get it. Their, their offense is also uh, going through different personnel groupings. But, um, you know, I don't know. I, as I said, I would just uh, – I would like to see it – I won't say be more competitive because that's not what I mean, but I would like to see the score be closer. You know, if you're losing 4-3, to three, that's one thing. But 6-1, to 5-2 to two on a regular basis – um, I, I just think it needs to be better than that. Hopefully you see better than that tonight at Friday Night Lights when Seven Shots comes out. You riding the bus up, right, Labs? You, you jump on that school bus just like everybody else? Absolutely, because let me tell you something. If you're not on the bus, <laughs> good luck finding a parking place. <laughs> yeah, right. Seriously. Especially when as late as we go over, people will be there early afternoon. Practice starts at 7, correct? I believe that's when the, yes. the, it starts. So it'll be like, what, 2 in the afternoon, 3 in the afternoon? You think that people will start filing in? Well, and there, there's other things to do there, too. True, I mean, it's like you know, a festival. They, 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 right. Um, you know, the DVE's going to be broadcasting from there. I mean, there's food to purchase. There's, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's not just the people who go early aren't just, like, sitting on their hands until <laughs> uh, the buses arrive at 20 to 7 or quarter to 7 or whenever it might actually be. So, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're, the parking lots are full. People uh, who live around Latrobe Stadium, I mean, they'll open their front yards for parking. That's right. You know, there's there's very there's a lot of very entrepreneurial people <laughs> who live in Latrobe, and hey, good for them. I mean, you know, supply and demand, and if you have space um, in your yard close to Latrobe Stadium, um, there's there's a lot of demand for that supply. Well, there's tons of excitement in the air today for Friday Night Lights practice tonight. Like I said earlier in the show, probably one of the best days of Steelers camp during this period uh, while they're up at St. Vincent. Labs and I will be back again tomorrow at 8 a.m. to recap what went down at Friday Night Lights. But we're going in the locker room next. Wolf and Starks are taking over on Steelers Nation Radio.